0: of the Rat, Florida, just waiting to talk to you and our special guest today.
1: Uh, fantastic, man. It's so wonderful to hear your voice, man, at least live yeah, and well, you know. Um, <laughs> always, it's always always a pleasure to talk to you. You know, you could be outside in the streets shopping in the mall, making those other people rich, and, uh, and I just want to let everybody know um, before we get into the show, uh, I do accept presents. Presents? Presents, you know, presents like gifts You know, like stuff
0: Like for Christmas?
2: Uh, Yeah
0: Yeah, well If a man is going to send you a present He's got to have your mailing address And you don't give it out
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to give it out today Because checks are
0: in the middle (laughs) Anyway I bet (laughs) it's going to be a P.O. box I bet it's going to be a P.O. box I guarantee you that That's what it's going to be all right, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I'm gonna leave you alone for a minute Introduce And it better not be today. in Las Vegas, I'm telling you, it better not be a P.O. Box in Las Vegas I'm not sending a present there I get my mail, sir You do?
1: Yes <laughs> Tracy, are you with us?
3: I sure am, thanks so much for having me
1: Welcome, I'm so Tracy. sorry. I'm so sorry about Matthew acting silly
3: No, yeah, well, I'm going to send you a present as soon as you give me that P.O. Box in Las Vegas
1: here. Oh well, no! I'm, we gonna I'm give you the real you, I'm a, address. I'm good, <laughs> <laughs> we we gonna give we gonna give you the real after. numbers, Tracy. <laughs> after, oh, after good, air, good, Because be, I'm all yeah.
0: about
3: sending the gifts.
0: He'll probably right. text it to you. Is what he'll do. <laughs>
1: don't don't be <laughs> jealous, Matthew
0: What I'd like for you to do, Tracy, is give him like a new song to play at the beginning of this program. He is so attached to that song. I mean, I heard it about <laughs> nine hundred times. It took me like 4 weeks to even figure out what that guy was saying.
1: I'm trying to get I'm I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to send him a message, Tracy. He just ain't, he's just not getting it.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, branding is branding. You got to keep doing the same thing cuz people like that.
0: Yeah, well, I told him that we got to have some like Chris Bodie on there or something like that. He said that was too white bread
3: it. <laughs> Oh, well, I was going to suggest the sea stars, but that's even more white bread.
0: Oh boy. That's
1: spiritual. Spiritually uplifting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Don't, he can Don't don't, don't
1: believe a wo- don't believe a word he said. That's all I got to say.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. So, so I how are you guys? I would like- Tracy, I want to introduce you before we start asking your questions because i got some information here about you, and it's, uh, it's great to have you on. So i am just take a moment and, and share with our listening audience who you are, and then we'll be right back and ask you a, a million questions. Thank you. Today we have Tracy Sue, who is a spiritual business and life coach. She is the creator of the Year of Yes coaching program, also, the author of the Year of Less of Yes. What if you said yes to your soul for one year? And Soul versus Ego Smackdown: How to Say Yes to Your Soul and Tell Your Ego to Suck It. I know Lamont is going to want to read that. She is the owner and CEO of Sue Inc. Soul Purpose Publishing, transforming people to personalities and the experience to experts. You can find Tracy Sue, com, and before this show is over, Tracy, we will give you an opportunity to really make it very clear to people who are listening how to get in touch with you and how to find your website. But for now, welcome, and I just wanted to say that uh, we originally had uh, you scheduled before the... um, Election. I was going to say the operation And it's interesting that you're back (laughs) here now It was an election
1: operation
0: Yeah, it was (laughs) This thing that we were going to talk about You know, one of the questions was um, Why is it important that Hillary Clinton win the election? And so far, it looks like she didn't So it may be propitious that you are here So I'm very interested um, And what you have to say about that and also um really interested in this whole thing about yes and i know we also want to talk about girls and uh equal pay for for people women and girls and we got a lot to talk about here so um how you doing about the election at this point tracy oh goodness
3: I'm a little bit devastated, no, I'm a lot devastated uh I'm highly concerned about girls and women and people in minority situations i'm I'm not thrilled I'm very um, heartbroken
0: mm. I could understand that i really do i I remember waking Libby. up. Go, ahead.
1: Can, I Go ask, ahead can I just want to ask a super intelligent question To Tracy right now What What is your opinion Why did you think the election went the, went the way that it went You know and I've had a lot of guys That give me their opinion And I want to hear what your thought is And not tell you what the guys Have told me
3: Honestly I think it's revenge of the white man I do I think that um through feminism and the civil rights movement, they have found themselves in a spiritual crisis in which they have not progressed or evolved uh, to make themselves a place. And they held on to the past, and they want to reassert themselves. And um, you know, Fox News is great at tapping into anger, and I think that Donald Trump tapped into a anger that was uh, deep within the white man and, let's say, the white man's wife, uh, who had an idea of the American dream. And that American dream is not exclusively theirs anymore. And it has deeply disturbed them. And they, did not, um, they didn't respond to the various revolutions, the women's revolution, the civil rights revolution, um, in a way that allowed them to have a new identity, an an expanded identity in uh, truth and love. And uh, this is sort of the backlash of that. This is sort
0: of a revolt. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. I want to ask you, why why do you think so many women actually voted for him?
3: You know, I think those women are – the spouses of those men and they too are seeing what it's doing to their men and they have empathy and compassion for that. But also they're losing a place too in the sense that, um, you know, the stay at home mom is losing a place or, you know, feminism has not been completely embraced by all women. Uh, I Mm. grew up in a very, um, religiously restrictive environment where women had a certain place and they actually value that place. And it's hard for us to understand sometimes, but uh, that is a sense of safety for them and it's a sense of belonging. And um, I think that has played a part in this. Uh, You know, I myself have been, uh, I I have felt betrayed uh, by white women uh, who have rejected feminism, especially through this election. Um, I can't understand what their demonization is of Hillary Clinton, uh, but I know it is – it's disturbing to me for my children as well as for myself and all of the women that I know who are making their way in the world
0: um,
3: and finding it confusing – yeah I, yeah, I think that uh, there is a place that they had as um, wife, as mother, that they, too, are clinging to uh, that no longer exists, maybe, and they want it back. Yeah, yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense.
1: Uh, I've heard from a section of of men that just didn't vote for Hillary simply because she was a female, and they didn't even look at the – the the issues It was just for that reason alone I thought that was the most ignorant shit I ever heard But you know there are a lot of people Out there in the world that's just that way
3: You know the I don't know from a man that feels Less uh, Attacky Or awful to me as a woman, as a white woman, uh, than it is to hear that from white women. Like it is, um, I take it personally, and maybe I shouldn't, uh, but I think that uh, she's a great statesman. And if it was just on qualifications, she would have won because she's obviously the most qualified. Um, She's had a life in public service for 40 years. And I believe for her that it actually does come down to public service. And uh, I really want to express my gratitude to her for standing up and doing what most people, most women, most minorities, most human beings uh, don't dare do, and that is to take the attacks of the entire world and to treat her as if she's a demon Uh, because she's willing to stand up for what she believes. And I believe in what she believes. Um, And it's been painful, extraordinarily painful for me to hear the venom of white women uh, and any
0: other woman
3: to um, attack her as a demon. Mm -hmm. It's been so
0: painful. You know, Tracy, I have a question for you uh, about that. Um, I I feel pretty much the same way about Hillary that you've described. So we're we're basically on the same page about that. One of the things that uh, I, I really felt along the way that caused her problems is kind of uh, paradoxical is that I think she didn't show enough vulnerability in the sense of enabled that would have enabled her to reach people, and that's that's the feminine side of her energy. She didn't reveal enough, and I think she might have touched more hearts and, and people had she done that. It's really kind of strange that that's always been somewhat missing from her way of relating to to, to the world. I'm curious what you think about that.
3: Well, I think it's a paradox. Um, she came up. Uh, in a time when the question was, can you be enough of a badass to start a war? Can you uh-huh. be the commander-in-chief, right? And when feminism first began, uh, our goal, if I could say that even though I was just a child, uh, was to prove that we could do what men could do and uh, that we could put our you know, menstrual emotions aside, if you will, And really become leaders the way that men were leaders. And what we saw in the Obama election, which I wrote about in the Girl Revolution Manifesto, is that he was described as the more feminine candidate, the softer, Mm -hmm. more heart-centered candidate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, we see that with Bernie Sanders in the Democratic Party. He was described as the softer, more feminine Mm -hmm. candidate. But I don't believe that would have worked for her. And I don't believe that would have worked for her simply because there was an integral decision among a lot of voters that they were going to demonize her, period, no matter what she did or know. what she said, but also because they would have been called her weak, right? So she was in a unwinnable situation there because surely I would have loved to see more vulnerability from her, but I can also see why she couldn't show it, why she could not allow herself to be the uh, feminine Woman, because she wouldn't then be uh, expressive of the full power that she has as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would expect her to lead not just the country, but the entire world. And that's one of the things that really upsets me most is that Trump voters um, appear to feel like they just elected a member of the country to be president. And what they've really done is elect the leader of the world. And that's a much larger responsibility and it's, Mm -hmm terrifying to me to think that it's just petty bigotry or it's just petty misogyny or it's just petty taxes that they're voting about and not a complete realization that there are so many cultures so many countries so many political systems and the economic system is completely global and you can't go back you cannot go back from a global economic system and it's frustrating and horrible to me I mean like I feel like it's some kind of moral atrocity really that we have this faction of our voting culture that doesn't understand the role that the United States plays in the entire world in the entire Mm -hmm. economics of every aspect of the world
0: I
1: think you phrased it correctly when you called it petty bigotry
3: Oh, it's so petty. I mean, it's so petty. I've talked to people and they're like, oh, blah, 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 because the Chicano movement or blah, 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 because of, you know, African Americans and oh, God, it's so petty. It's not even real. It's just this tiny little, I don't know, hurt egos. And they're not even large hurts. They're just tiny little hurts. And um, yeah, I find it. I find it painful. I find it sad. I find it difficult to face. Um, I did not understand or know that there was such a, shall we say a white movement or a backlash against uh, femininity uh, until this election. And maybe that's just naive of me. Maybe I live in a happiness bubble in my nice little progressive town in Colorado. Um, But it's been a surprise to me. And it's been a little bit devastating and shameful and
0: sad. It's shocking, and it, I imagine and and I think and it's it's a I think one of the reasons that many people didn't know about it is that part of the population is rather inarticulate, not able to express itself very well, and so they needed they were just waiting on somebody like Trump to stand up and say it as bluntly and as brutally as he has made these kinds of statements um it's, it's a shock, but I think that they, they have been there, and they've been not knowing what to do about it, not having a leader, not having someone to really speak out for them, and now it's just kind of lasted in, in an amazing kind of way, even even not a majority of voters, and he got elected. It's just really kind of amazing to me.
3: It is amazing, and it is shocking. And I'm reading a book, the newest book by Jodi Picoult, right now, and it's devastating to read because it's not that they haven't been vocal; it's that they've been subversively vo- vocal uh, through the internet. And the internet has provided them a forum. Uh, there are so many lies that are out there about Hillary Clinton and various people uh, that seem real because there is—I mean. On the Internet, you can make everything seem official, uh, and they believe it. And these are nice people. They're kind people who would never be okay with it if they understood that it was just a blatant lie to persuade the masses. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like the story about Hillary Clinton and the Bushes being pedophiles. Uh, And we saw a man go shoot up a pizzeria because he read on the Internet that that was like some house of pedophilia. Okay, so obviously. Well I think it I
0: think it goes to a really meaningful failure in our education system that we're not teaching people how to think very well. And no, so then not. they get they get sucked in by really ridiculous stories on the internet without asking the right questions and then you have I, that kind of thing happen. I
3: think that's a brilliant observation. Um, you know, with standardized.
0: Or could you, testing. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Yes. Could you, I'm glad this is recorded because I want Lamont to hear what you just said He's
1: been trying to get a brilliant comment statement for weeks now Tracy And and you, and you finally let him in the room
0: finally. Well, uh, Tracy, uh, Tracy about a month ago we had a guest on um, who told him that he asked a world class question and I have never heard the end of it. He just brings it up. He sends me, like, text, emails, little notes about a world-class questioner here. He's unbelievable. So now at least I got a brilliant, and I truly appreciate it. And I apologize for interrupting you because now I do to remember what you said.
3: Uh, well, I think I do. I think I do. Oh, good. Because, Thank you. Uh, you know, we have this uh, Through No Child Left Behind, which is a George Bush uh, legacy, I guess. George W. Bush legacy, uh, uh, passing students through standardized testing. Um, mm-hmm. what I teach my own children is that it's about learning to test. It's not about learning to think. Uh, and in my own house, I teach them how to think. But in many people's homes, maybe they don't know how to think because they're from generations right. who just did what they were supposed to do. So mm-hmm. I think that has been one disservice standardized well, testing what, is
1: you have well, to Tracy, have their what, what answer happened, Tracy what happened, what happened to the little God given gift of just horse sense or common sense even before you taught don't you feel like that we as human beings just and just happen to know what's right and wrong by instinct on a lot of situations I do
3: yeah I do like I, I noticed my own children I haven't seen a ton of time, uh, nor have my uh, co-parents spent a ton of time advocating for gay rights, for instance. Uh, we just haven't instilled any kind of hate or any kind of um, againstness of gays. And integrally, just within their being, any kind of ism or any kind of bigotry uh, feels terrible to them. It feels very wrong to them. And that's not even me teaching them that it's wrong as much as they know that it's wrong and no one has taught them that bigotry is okay, right? So I think that uh, we teach our children to uh, discriminate against people of color or gender or uh, sexual orientation, and naturally we come into the world without that. We just come into the world with this feeling that we're all people and we're all going through the same struggle, and we don't create more of a struggle for other kinds of people in order to make ourselves feel good. That's a a taught thing. That's a learned thing.
1: Agreed. I agree with that. You have a question here. I want to put this one past you because I know we just dealt kind of like with uh, uh, Donald Trump and his finger-licking chicken um, franchise. Um you say you don't <laughs> believe <it in> peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was some that was some Things other stuff I made chicken up. Franchise.
3: All right. I am <laughs> thinking that was Colonel Sanders, not Donald Trump, and I don't really know what his politics were, but
1: okay. Oh, well you can't go anyway, Tracy, because it's for it's for it's it's for minorities only.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Fair you got, enough. You got you gotta get some of your friends to buy some chicken for you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we know that one ain't going to never happen But listen, uh, you say you don't believe in equal pay Um, Why you don't?
3: (laughs) Here's why I don't Because (laughs) I don't believe in equal pay as legislation And I don't believe in it basically because I think it robs women Um, I think that uh, 2,000 years of subjugation uh, is not made okay with one legislation that says you get 75 cents extra. Uh, I think it's a paltry sort of a quality that we are aiming for. And I also believe that um, women are moving into a leadership position, and the The research shows that women in their 20s before they have children are actually making much more than their male counterparts, and I think we're going to see a tip in that. Um, Also, I kind of don't even believe in corporate employment at this point. Uh, I think for women, the path to freedom and uh, financial stability and wealth is about being an entrepreneur. And if you're an entrepreneur and you're hiring people, I think that you will, if you're a conscious. Person, a conscious woman will pay people what they ask for, and you'll pay people um, according to their ability. So I think that equal pay is based on a discriminatory system. So it's based on the idea that men own corporations and that uh, they get to. Dis- decide what your pay is and you just have to suck it up and take it. And I don't feel like that is the economy that I want to participate in. I feel like I want to participate in an economy that has many more uh, business owners who are women and women take out the most business licenses now. And I feel like women just have a sense of Quality and equity that is different than men have because we're not as competitive; we're far more collaborative. Um, and I hope that doesn't offend you as a man. <laughs> that's
1: that's a good that's a good word, collaborative. I like that. Hey Matthew, here's a question for for you. Um, uh, I, I hope know it's brilliant. Really. Always, always. Uh, I know, and a lot of your clients, I know you see families that have the woman that actually is the primary breadwinner that makes a lot more money than the man. Do you find that they have a lot of problems within that relationship because of that?
0: Well, it's a good question. Um, The truth of the matter is I don't see a lot of people where the woman is the primary breadwinner. I do see some. um, And, I, it seems to me that the that the men that they pick to be in relationships with are men who feel good about that and can deal with it. I You know, it's like uh, I have clients, women, a number of them who are attorneys or physicians, and they make really good income, and their husbands are generally fairly close to them. I honestly do not have any couples that I'm working with right now where the man is a stay-at-home parent and the woman works. Um, it's a, I think, and I'm wondering what Tracy thinks about this, but I think that women get a very, very confused message in our culture these days about what they're supposed to do with themselves. They're supposed to work. They're supposed to stay home and take care of the kids. And I think for most people, women or men, it's a really hard thing to do both.
1: Well, the reason I asked you that question, Matthew, too, because we've done a bunch of shows, too, in regards to um, the woman that was – He's making the money And the guy was in between jobs For whatever reason Not because mm-hmm. he wasn't trying to work It's yeah. just because he's find employment And uh, the man gets labeled As a deadbeat guy You know And have to be verbally abused all the time Because the woman is bringing in the money So I just thought you might have had some of those cases
0: No we weren't talking about you We were talking about other people here So <laughs> you know. Just It was other people You know I honestly I don't Tracy
1: Tracy you see why I don't like him Sometimes right
0: (laughs) I think I think I think The the issue is That we still have A very An undercurrent Of sexism here in, In which even women who are doing well have, have a lot of conflict About what they're doing with themselves And you know it's like Should I get up and go to work outside the house Or should I stay home and deal with my children And, and Tracy I know you have two kids I'm, How do you deal with all of that
3: Well it was a huge struggle And it continues to be A, a huge struggle for me um, As well as the people that I know uh, I'm I'm lucky that I have a co-parent who um, is more than willing to take on childhood responsibilities, uh, the raising of the children and the participation. Um, I can't say that was true when we were fully married. I felt a huge conflict, and most of that uh, was not from him. It was from my upbringing. In fact, that was in direct conflict with each other, which was terrible for me. My upbringing was, as a Mormon girl, Mormon girls are supposed to get married, have babies, and stay home with their children because their children are the most important. I wanted every to be a good years? mom. I'm sorry? We well, I only had two, and every it took two? Us four years. But, yes, there are many Mormons who have a lot of children, and they do it not because they have to, but because they want to. Um, Children are lovely, and they're considered the best gift on earth in the Mormon religion. Um, And the mother has a special place in the home in which she is the nurturer of those children, and that's a beautiful thing. For me, I felt a calling to do something different. I felt a calling to do something more, and yet it was extremely painful for me to think of someone else raising my children. It was, yeah. um, it was an agreement I made before I even got married with myself that I Before I got married to another person, my agreement with myself was to stay home with my children until they were in kindergarten. And I continued to work while they were home. And that was, oh my God, that was such a struggle. Uh, It was very, very hard, much harder, I think, than going to work now. Um, And you know what? He just wanted me to have a job so that we had stable income. So for me, such a personal conflict. I wanted to please my husband. I wanted to please my family of origin. I wanted to make my children happy. And it was such a struggle. Um, I have to say it's become less of a struggle since, uh, one, my children are in school full time. So I have these hours during the day where I'm allowed to focus and completely just absorb myself in my work and my business and my calling. Um, And for another, I'm not married anymore, so I don't have another person who has a very defined uh, opinion about what I'm doing with my life. And that mm-hmm. was a big issue for me. Um, and, you know, marriage is all about compromise and responsibility. That's what it is. Who's going to take this responsibility of earning the income? Who's going to take this responsibility of taking care of the children? Uh, and the math was so hard. Uh, the math when I was working full time was that we were paying all of our income for childcare. Yeah. And that didn't seem reasonable to me. Uh, and it was kind of a no win situation because childcare is expensive. We had two kids. Sometimes that would rank to like $900 a month. And then I'm taking oh. these part time jobs just to stay in the workforce and to appease uh, his idea that I should have a job. And it's a whole entire income. So, I mean, it becomes a very complicated situation where each couple has to sort of work out what is best for them. And, unfortunately, often what's best for her isn't best for him, and what's best for him isn't best for her. Um, Happily, I can say that my children are both really happy people who are well-adjusted, and uh, whatever our struggles have been with that, they've been patient with them and understanding about them because I've always – you know, really told my kids the truth about what the struggle is. And they've appreciated that, and I'm proud of who they are. And, I'm, you know, we're both, my husband and my ex-husband and myself, I call him my co-parent, uh, are working it out. And it's an extremely agreeable situation now, uh, while it wasn't in, in our marriage. It was much more complicated mm-hmm. while we were married.
0: How old are your kids?
3: Uh, my daughter's 15, and she's in her freshman year of high school. And my son is in his last year of elementary school here, uh, that's in fifth grade. So yeah. <laughs> they're great. They're great. So he's twelve. You know what? They're really happy. Say again.
0: So he's twelve years
3: old? Uh no. He's ten.
0: 10. Here oh. they go
3: yeah, here they go from fifth grade in elementary school and then uh sixth grade starts
0: middle school. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Great. So this term you have, we mentioned it earlier. I think you call it figure-out ability. Yes. How? Tell. Could you talk a little bit about what that means to you and how you um, instill that 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 ability in your children?
3: Yeah. You know what? I don't think there are any formulas anymore. There used to be an American Dream formula, and in that dream. You would send your children to school, they'd get good grades, you'd send them to college, they'd pick a nice career like accountant or attorney and doctor, and they would then find themselves happily ever after, you know, get married, have their own kids. That was sort of the formula that we lived by, and I don't now believe that there are any formulas. I think that we're... The revolution right now is the destruction of those formulas, the um, realization that those formulas are an illusion. Uh, so I think the only, well, one of the important things that we can teach our children is figure out ability. And that is, hey, figure it out. Because I know that, you know, with the, I mean, when I started journalism, there was a definite, like, okay, here's what journalism is. And we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have the technology that we have now. We didn't have the different paradigms and the different um, ways to work. So now I really feel like if you can teach your children how to figure it out, just figure it out. And I say that to my kids all the time, figure it out. Like, I don't need to show you how to do it. You need to learn how to figure it out because that's what your life is going to be. It's going to be about how to figure out things out and that's what I hire most for. When I hire an employee or a contractor, what I ask them is how are you at figuring things out? Because social media changes every day and the internet changes and our workplace changes and the ways that we're working changes. So our economy changes, everything changes so fast that your best skill ever is to just be able to figure something out. And I call that about, I call that figure out ability. Like that is the thing that I think is most valuable for people regardless of race, race, culture, religion. Um, to know is how to figure things out. I mean, God, we have Google. How can you not figure something out with Google? Google has the answer to everything, right? So,
1: so Here, here's it another. Here's another one for you that I can't figure out because it seems like you already figure out something. You still have to have some element of common sense. Why would somebody get a package and start trying to assemble the stuff before they even take out the directions or the instructions? <laughs>
0: I cannot believe well, I that you asked that question. And he's yeah,
1: but I see people I, all the time I, sitting there trying I to figure it out. Come that on, Matthew. You, I you know believe that, that you people that question sit and there, there and they will try to figure stuff out, but they will not, for some reason, <laughs> pick up the, the instructions that came with this device
0: to tell them I can
1: how, can how to that. assemble I'm not, it.
0: That, I'm not putting that on Tracy. She's a guest. I'm not going to put that. I know the answer to that.
1: I want to hear her answer,
0: but I am not telling you. So
3: <laughs> you're going to have to figure that out yourself.
0: <laughs> I know the answer to that. When I get instructions, I get anxious because I think I can't understand them. So I have to figure it out myself. That's what oh, else. So you go, so so you go to figure ability,
1: anxious, right? <laughs> so I you go to, go to figure, figure ability. ability that's right? what I
0: do. It's made me very resourceful. Very resourceful. I it, it feel very helps.
3: resourceful, that's true. But, it you does. know, like those IKEA instructions are pretty complicated.
1: You
0: know, <laughs> you know there's yeah, so, is there. a lot so of people So, some individual would rather
1: sit there with this square peg and try to put it in this round hole. Well, yeah, it does well, what, I, it does I would say that's it, mostly but, a
3: masculine quality, honestly.
1: It is is. Now that
0: sounds like a sexist remark No it's not sexist It's people who have too much masculine energy Dominating over Not enough feminine energy Go do that And that's because it becomes an ego thing But I'm telling you mine was caused out of anxiety (laughs) Instructions I feel stupid So I don't mess with them I just try to figure it out And what it does actually lead to Is frequently extra parts being left over on the floor after the thing is assembled.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's probably part. why it only worked for like five minutes because now you've challenged the <laughs> designer's intelligence. Ah, that's it.
0: I got a new way of putting this sucker together. My bicycle only needed one wheel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: good gracious.
0: I got some very good wheels What is this world me. coming to? Huh. IKEA. Well, <laughs> so by, I think this, I think this idea. There should be a course in every school, for starting in the first grade all the way through, named of what Tracy said: figure out ability. How do you figure stuff out? Because the truth of the matter is, now in the year nineteen hundred, it literally was possible for a person to know every one person, to know everything there was to know about any given discipline. That's long past possible anymore. Nobody knows everything about any given subject, so we have to become resourceful, and we have to learn how to ask the right questions, or look for the right people, or, or to, to Google. is It's just a magnificent tool these days Matthew, to have. They tried
1: it. that. They tried that in kindergarten, but the problem was they started passing you guys before you learned how to put the square peg in the square hole. You guys got too big. Too big, too old, and they couldn't keep you in kindergarten, they tried that.
0: Tracy, he grew up in Texas, so I don't have no idea what they did in school there., uh,
3: they do bad things, but you don't even know because actually, here's a little tidbit. Texas uh, has the most influence on any textbook you find in America because
1: they have the most
3: student population. They're a very populated wow.
1: state. So oh take that, that one. Take that, that one, Matthew. Take that.
3: That should scare you because I live in Texas and uh, the school board there is very partial uh, to their point of view and they negotiate with the textbook publishers. uh. They have the most student population, so what they choose is often the textbook that your children are learning from, and I believe that does become a problem, because having lived in Texas, I do not uh, agree with many of their, I guess, historical perspectives or ideological perspectives, Um, so what Texas School Board does should concern you quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that's good I'm glad you finally came and pulled that one out at the end Because he thought he was being congratulated there for a moment
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, I hate to say, but I grew up in South Carolina And went to school there And they didn't have too many schools You know, after about the third or fourth grade They got tired of it So it, it didn't work too well I, I, I think, though, that this figure out ability thing Is very, very important And I think that Education system really needs To pay more attention to that And I think that we are Seeing this election The result of a lot of people You know this whole thing about telling The truth and really Talking about what facts are has Really become a massive Part of this election and While it's painful and it's Difficult I'm hoping it's going to Create a whole new appreciation For Truth and and Facts. I'd like to know what you think about that, Tracy. It's interesting
3: because I come from a very conservative family and I've lived in Texas with very conservative people and they believe they have the truth. And that is of concern to all of us. Um hmm. And I don't know – I mean, I believe that the Internet has propagated that. I know that there are certain people who are disseminating the truth as the truth um, that isn't true, and yet they believe it. So it then becomes Mm -hmm. true for them, and that is a very, very, very frightening prospect.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I don't have
3: a great solution for that except for, you know, teach your people how to think and teach your people how to discern and teach your people how to, you know, like check Snopes.com. Like Snopes.com, S-N-O-P-E-S, that's what they do. They track uh, whether urban legends or myths or news stories are actually true, and they're an unbiased source. Uh, that will track whatever it is that you're looking for and they'll find out okay is this true or is this not true and you can just look it up and uh, it'll say oh this isn't true here's why you know some people are saying that or not there are resources out there where you can fact check uh, you know like be careful at what you're taking as truth what internet site you're believing because there are people out there who are publishing internet sites for the sole purpose of creating discontent of creating uh-huh. Absolutely. Anger of creating a political mm-hmm. position that has no basis in truth.
0: Well, and it, particularly when it comes to the issue of women, when Donald Trump makes a statement like he has and says, "Nobody respects women more than me," that there's a part of my brain that just explodes when I hear him say that. It's
2: yes, yeah,
0: I mean it, how. Imagine how how does brain. a woman <laughs> how how does a woman hear that and not go nuts over it? I mean, uh, I, I, and there are people who obviously don't. I mean, he says it. You you watch the tape and you see him on the bus and doing all the stuff he said over time, and then he says something like that over and over again. It's just an amazing ability to deny reality over and over. And it would be okay with me if he was just an average businessman, but he's going to be the president of the United States. And as you said, it's the most powerful job in the world. That is a very frightening thing to me.
3: And me as well. You know, the day after the election, my daughter, who uh, was getting ready for high school, said, Mom, I am so angry that a rapist is the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah me too, but here 's what I know. I know that it 's just the way it is is what they tell themselves, and I know it because I've had conversations with them, like what are you even doing like how 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 can you believe that this is okay and elect the most powerful man in the world uh, to be a total misogynist, someone who has never treated women with respect who's wives, many wives, uh, are props, um, who makes comments in the locker room like, grab the pussy. Uh, you know, I just don't understand it, but what they all tell me is, well, that's just the way things are. Men have always said that in the locker room. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I think it is its deal, and I think it's the biggest deal. And I know that when women are economically empowered and sexually empowered to the point where they're not just doing things because they have to by law or by culture, we actually have more peace in society. There's a book called Half the Sky, and uh, this couple wrote it. They're New York Times uh, like winning authors. They've won the Pulitzer Prize. And what they discovered is that when women in countries are economically independent, there is peace through those mm-hmm. countries. They do not start wars, they do not have aggressive rape problems. Uh, because the women have power, right? So if we're going to look at this person who is going to be the leader of the world and he is saying things like grab the pussy, I'm going to get a tic-tac because if you're famous, you can do anything you want, what message does that send to, let's just say ISIS, okay? Let's just say extremists all around the world who persecute and prosecute and totally destroy women's identity economically and sexually and culturally, what message is that? It just breeds more war. It breeds more con- discontent. It brings more misogyny. It's just awful. Awful. Terrible. But that's just the way it is.
0: Well, is that really, I mean, to say that's just the way it is ultimately not really a good conclusion, right? I mean
3: <laughs>
2: I would say so,
0: things-
3: yes. There's I would things say that, that each that's person just needs the way it is. say,
0: okay, so what am I going to do about it?
3: Yes, I would say you're 100% right. That's just the way it is is unacceptable. And we should be challenging that's just the way it is instead of accepting and electing that's just the way it is. We should be saying – Um, No, that's not the way it should be and it's not the way it can be and it's not the way we want it to be by not electing the person who says that's just the way it is, by not electing those who believe. That's just the way it is and that's okay. It is not okay.
1: This country is known for killing people that speak out.
3: That's true. kind of frightening, isn't
1: it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah and and i don't and i don't think uh they discriminate either
3: you know i'm curious about what you have to say about that i mean i'm i'm curious about what your position is because i'm i'm trying to learn more about what men in particular, believe. I don't believe that all men believe these things, uh, but they're being rather silent. And that's of concern to me, that they're being silent, that they're not standing up for their women, their wives, their fellow human beings that make up half the population. Like, I'm, I'm concerned about that. So I'm curious about what, what do you think we should do about it? What do you think our action should be? Because I'm not totally sure what my action should be.
1: Uh so i'm curious about what you think we should do oh guns don't, guns don't kill people kill uh you know it's it's scary tracy you know it 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 really is you know because I come from a little country town in Texas that was segregated you know and i I went through that and then when I moved to California, I mean the first school I went to was a Catholic school, which was a whole another shock so <clears throat> Through my entertainment life, you know, I've, I've learned to deal and live with any and everybody, and I found out that there's good and bad, everybody and everything. So just because you're a white man or a white woman doesn't necessarily make you good, nor does it make you bad. And mm-hmm. I've learned how to judge people on my own, um, dealing with my common sense and my figure-out ability, you know, and I've got to do it a little quicker than most. And um, it, it, I don't know; it's, it's really not no simple answer that you know, because it's it's just scary. I mean, you know, dealing with the individuals, and then you're dealing with society, and you know, just like we just got to speaking about uh, with this election, which was, you know, just a farce to me. You know, um, a politician against the businessman, and then you have the people that are so Detached from everything they choose not to vote, and the ones that did vote you know made an ignorant decision in my opinion so i don't I don't know what's scary it's it's no simple answer to your question tracy
0: well
3: i have a I have a
0: response to that
3: oh good please
0: um I think um one thing we're both doing is that we have people on this program like you where we can talk about these issues and let people know that the two people who are the hosts of this, this uh, show think what we're thinking, like we've talked about today. So I'm hoping that uh, people will listen to this and listen to what you're saying, but also be very aware that that they're two guys, um, and we are, we are both, um, we both grew up in the sixties. So, um, we're we're of a generation we're not in the we're not really we're sort of babe babe of the beginning of the baby boomers i guess um, and so we grew as he said we grew we both grew up in a segregated uh society where people were just starting to talk out about racism and uh, people had to stand up about that, and a lot of bad stuff happened. I think it's more complex now because it's not so clear. Uh, As it was about race But I think one of the things That I do also is that I try in many different situations um, When people are When men or women Are talking about women And making gross generalizations I try to find ways To bring attention to that And say that these are not helpful ways Of talking about people Like when somebody says Women are or men are me that's those are gross generalizations that often are not true and um that's that's another way uh you know and i've got uh i have three daughters and we talk about these kind of things often you know it's very important they're probably um and they're probably all pretty much on the same page about this as you are i think um in terms of your thinking about it. But I think there's a lot of things a man can do, and I do think uh, if I were in your position, I would say, you know, okay, guys, time to stand up, and I agree with you 100% on that idea.
3: Well, thank you so much for doing that, because even just that is so much to just stand up at the water cooler and say no, or just on your Facebook page say, I do not agree with this. There's one guy on my Facebook page his name is Todd Mitchell and he's an author and he regularly posts things like, I don't believe this is just locker room talk. I have been with men my whole life and in locker rooms, All over the place, and this is not what we do. I think that when men stand up for women, that is
0: true. It doesn't go on like that. It doesn't.
3: No, it is so important for men to say, "Hey, no, this is not what me and my buddies do. This is not what me and my friends do. This is not how we ran our our tribe or our crew or whatever. Like we fully believe that women are. I mean, God, we're half the human race. Come on."
0: Come well fifty one percent if you want to be exact, I think. Okay. You know, I, I, one of the things one of the things that there's a lot of freedom of speech in my office in my consulting room and I work with couples and I work with single adult people and there's two words that just don't get allowed in my in my office and if they come up I put a stop to it. And one is the N word and the other is the C word. And I, I really can't stand either one of them, and I tell people that right and left. You know, it's like, don't use those words We're talking around about me. never not and okay. can't? Yes, that's it.
3: <laughs> never and can't, yes, yeah, not okay. Yeah, so it. let me ask you right. this. Why... Uh, why is it okay for rap singers to use the N word and the C word and derogatory things about women and their own race? What is that? Why is that okay? I feel like that gives a little bit of
1: permission. Uh, and I, I don't think, think it's okay. Well. I don't think it. I don't think it was okay anymore.
3: Oh, really? There's been a transformation. Do tell.
1: Well, I mean, you see Snoop and Martha Stewart, don't you? <laughs>
3: No, I mean really, like has there has there been a moment a movement away from that? I,
1: yeah, movement? it has been. Yeah, 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 it has been. Because I mean, of course the word as you know has had a dual meaning from, from the very beginning, you know, um you know, it could be used as a derogatory term and it could be used as a a term of endearment used from one black person to another. But uh rappers are starting to get totally, totally away from that.
0: Well, it's I'm good thrilled to, hear, to hear, it. hear it. Tracy, I don't know if you know, but that's something that uh, that Lamont's pretty, I would say probably pretty well informed about. So, I, and it's interesting to hear you say that. I, that's a good question for him because it's one that I have never asked him. So it's, it's good to hear that. I'm, I'm glad to hear it.
3: I'm glad to yeah, hear I it mean, as well because
0: I – I mean, because you never, yeah, you never cause hear I, that in any other forms of uh, – uh, uh,
1: any other forms of music, country, anything else? But you know, we can go way, 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 way deep on that because, I mean, um, way deep on that. You know, I think it was a time when uh, we wasn't even supposed to be allowed to learn how to read. So right. I mean, it was a lot well, of, women a lot of, lot of,
0: and I, right,
1: right. I, I could so there was a lot of ignorance word, and education that had to come about and you know, generations of trying to catch up with a bunch of things. Yeah,
3: I, I can see the parallel between the word bitch, right, where women were bitches and sort of men owned that word,
1: and then we kind of
3: we kind of claimed it back. <laughs> okay. Well. We're
2: bitches. Well, even yeah. today you hear
1: a lot of rappers referring to, hey, dog, how you doing? But they don't mean a four-legged dog. It's just a, a word, you know, dog. Hey, dog, well, how you sure. doing? What's up, sure. dog? You know, but that same. Well, famous. dog
3: isn't nearly as offensive. It doesn't have the historical context as <laughs> the n-word.
1: Well, no, I was referring to the bitch. You know, when you say dog versus yeah, bitch. Yeah,
3: the dog. But we know that that wasn't really. They weren't calling us dogs, right? right. <laughs> you know, like I think Tina Fey when she did "Bitch with the New Black," uh, totally owned that word. Like, took it back. Like, oh yeah. Uh huh. You want to call Hillary a bitch? Bitch is the new black. You know. <laughs> I think wow. that uh, there's something to be said for reclaiming a word that's been used against you, for sure. Um, I would like to see rappers, uh, you know, like respect women as their muses, even, um, and not just using derogatory terms with that, um, as well as any other human being, frankly.
1: Right. Matt? Yes, sir. Matthew Matthew got quiet over there.
0: Well, I was just looking I was just looking at the time and I realized we we're pretty close to the end here and we gotta make some space for Tracy to uh do a little commercial for herself.
1: <laughs> I'd love to Okay, well Tracy, let's go for it.
3: So you can find me at tracyfood.com and let me spell that for you. It's T R A C E E S I O U X.com. Uh you can also find my books on Amazon by searching my name, The Girl Revolution Manifesto, my most recent one, and it talks a lot about gender and what we're doing about that, where we are with that. Um And I'm also on Facebook. You can find me there. I'd love for people to find me personally so that I can really interact with them. Uh, And, yeah, I'd love to hear from you, and uh, I really hope that we can stand together.
0: Absolutely. Thank
1: you so much on behalf of all of us over here, Tracy, for joining us. And I want to say, too, Tracy, Susama, so much like a song title. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Write a song mm-hmm. for me Thanks Go me ahead too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll
3: be your muse Yeah I'll be the muse for that
0: That'd be awesome Tracy thank you so much <laughs> I'm really glad that uh, We had you And it's been a pleasure And I think that We're going to be talking to you About uh, uh, You know Some more connection In the future So thank you so much For coming on Thank
3: you for having me It's been a joy
1: thank Great you, Yeah Have
0: a great, great week, and thank you again. You too. Bye-bye. Take care, Lamont.